You need to look at the outline to start the show. We are rolling, baby. I would just like to have it pulled up. All right, ready? Three, two, one. Hey, welcome to the podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Oh My Friend. I am, as always, I guess you. I guess you did need notes to open up the show. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just want to be prepared. <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry, sorry. Will this be left in the pod? Who knows? But the it fact that... Okay, we're from the top. Ready? All right, ready? Three, two, one. Oh, welcome back to another episode of your favorite finance and comedy podcast. Hold my bread. As always, Matt Beck is here with the host with the ghost haunting me every day of my life. I wish I didn't hit that kid with my car. I am Joel Walkowski. <laughs> what up, breadheads? Gather round. Let us join the gluten gang. Welcome to Hold My Bread the $3,396.84 podcast. Up ninety ninety one on the day, but down on the weekend. How are we, Matthew? I feel pretty good. I had a really nice day. It was a lovely uh, end of summer day here in the city. I had a little bike ride at a show in McCarran Park. Uh, got a little food and uh, had a nice, nice evening. How, uh, how, how was your draft? Did you have your draft tonight? Yeah, I, I, I'm having wild times. Um, I know we only host this show that, you know, chronicles the life and times of finance as it collides with the lives of American people. Mm-hmm. And to do so, I think we're kind of doing it like method podcasters, because to sum up the chaos that is the U.S. economy and the stock market right now, my life has just been thrown in tumult for five months. <laughs> I, right now, I'm surrounded by boxes. I am horribly concussed. And, you know, nothing in my life makes sense, but I am here to talk about the market and I could not be more excited. Man, you cannot beat this thing, can you? It's great. I'm very happy to talk to you. I'm very excited to have another episode. I feel like there's a lot of uh, stuff going around with, with money and, and there's a lot, of, a lot of things happening at the end of the month. It's, uh, it's a good time to be uh, recording. We got the uh, stock split with Tesla has already taken place. That actually already happened. Did you know that? I did know that, but I, I think the American public was act. Well, we're going to get to that very soon, but I think the American public was uh, pretty enamored by the big roller coaster story of the week, which is me ruining two days of my life to get an extra share of DraftKings. Truly a heroic feat. Take us through it. Well, I'm I'm going around. I'm driving home from work. Tuesday morning, I hear that the NBA is shut down. It's a protest. I don't know your politics, mine. Firmly are in support of them. Pro-union of any kind. If you're going to do a wildcat strike, which is what the NBA, the Bucks did, where you undermine a union for your smaller collective action, even better. But I don't know if you know me, but a lot of my money, I, my job is I'm a sports broadcaster. So a couple of people give me like inside information and like so many people told me the NBA was not coming back. Right. Did you get, I didn't think it was going to come back. I thought it was very strange that it was gone for like what, like two days. Yeah. And like they leave for six months, they come back, they have a political statement that the players need to make. And then like, 
you know, it's just a lot's going on. How can they get through this? Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, the next morning I'm going to the dentist. I think it's not coming back. So I sell our shares. I know it's going to drop. So I sell them as soon as the market opens. And for whatever reason, the stocks skyrocket. <laughs> DraftKings was already that, the highest point since we bought it and then it dropped. But the Illinois government came, governor came out in support of our illustrious, wonderful company that probably is going to pay all my bills. But um, yeah. I wouldn't, I mean, if you, you didn't, you know, we're, we're, we're a team and we're, but we're also independent moving parts to at at the same time. And and if you had asked me, I would have told you not to sell. If you had asked me, I would have said, don't do it, but that doesn't matter. Uh, It It was impulsive. I did in the moment and we do share the account, but I pressed the buttons on it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And I Uh, pressed the buttons and I was so, I was anguished. We didn't lose too much money. And ultimately we didn't lose any money because it's a very volatile stock uh-huh. and it's perfect for options trading. It moves all over the map. But in that moment, like I couldn't get out of it. I was in that, like the trader's panic and I've, I've right. felt the gambler's woe, but this is the first time I've ever felt the trader's panic and it was over $30 because I did something <laughs> stupid and impulsive. Right. And you texted me and you texted me and I could tell you were, you were like bothered and upset by it. So that's why I tried to, I tried my best to make you feel okay about it. I called, I don't call anybody. I don't call my mother. I only talked to my mother through this podcast. I hope the cottage is great. Um, I miss my dog and, (laughs) um, I don't know why you aren't watching the cat. The cat's in Arizona. No one knows why, but that's what it is. Oh, Tilly's in Michigan. Tilly's in Arizona, the cat's in Arizona, but the cat was in Michigan and somehow my mom decided the cat needed to go to Arizona. So now all the animals are in Arizona, but I'm in New York and all the animals in Arizona is, um, you know, probably the most racist statement that I will make about that state. Those are some gross fat Republicans. No, thank you. Well, gross fat Republican isn't a race, so you can say that. Yeah, they don't do anything <laughs> with speed. Yeah, exactly. There's never been... Who's the quickest Republican? I mean, he's probably an NFL player, but that's beside the point. Yeah, the only thing with speed the Republicans enjoy is um, their delegates speaking at the convention. <laughs> uh, Philip Rivers, definitely a uh, Republican, not necessarily fast. Yeah, not at all. Philip Rivers, probably a fast ejaculator. You don't get 11 kids without having a quick center. Of course he comes quick. He's got fish to catch, you know? Does he? I don't know. He seems like a guy that enjoys a nice fish. He likes to stand in a river with waders on and likes to look out and to see it, you know, bush country or whatever. I don't fucking know. Yeah, but that is, that's some like very basic man shit. It just, it just goes. Anyone feels good standing in a river fly fishing. You, it's, it's human nature. I went on a date with a woman one time and her dad was some like, started his own fly fishing company and made a fortune doing fly fishing. And uh, for a minute, you know, when you go out with, well, you don't cause you've been in a relationship for a while, but when you go out on a date with somebody uh, and you're like, they go to the bathroom and you get time to think like, let's just take this, expand this out and see like, where could this go? And I just took myself down the trip of like, we're going to, I'll get married to her. I'll marry into this fly fishing fortune. I'll retire in the mountains and I'll get attacked by a grizzly bear and uh, my body will float down a river and then that'll be it. And it was really a nice thought, you know? It is a nice thought. My only issue, I don't think your body would float. You, you're not a very buoyant person. 
But I'm not going to sink. I'm not going to sink either, you know? You're sinking. If you're in Salem, you're, you're, you're getting branded as a witch and you're getting burned because you are that, <laughs> you're that unbuoyant. <laughs> you are leaden boned. Yeah, it's true. I got heavy bones and, you know, I don't look like it, but I got, I'm, I got a lot of muscle. I don't have a lot of body fat on me. Yeah. Okay. And if anyone who has listened to this podcast, or if you're just a producer trying to strong arm his leftist policies into the podcast, you know that Matt canceled his gym membership, started a feud with my favorite small business, World Gym of Ridgewood. And he's been, I don't know if he's got muscle on him at this point in time. Yo, I have abs. I can do more pull-ups than most people. I can, and people are like, well, yeah, you can do pull-ups. You they don't have a lot of weight to pull up. It does not, that's not how that works. Just, can I see your abs right now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're okay. They're okay. Yeah, yeah it's not bad. They, that, I, will, I will give that a solid B minus. Thank you. I'll take a B minus. It's better than I ever did in school. So I appreciate that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. To those not listening, um, I went to too much college. Matt did not go to enough. I, we should meet somewhere in the middle. <laughs> That's exactly the way this podcast works. You, uh, you make up for my, all my shortcomings, and there are many. Yeah, I'm too smart to be, to be smart, and Matt's too dumb <laughs> to be smart. So we're just a couple idiots. You're too smart to be smart? Is that what you just said? Yeah. I don't think that makes any sense. Too dumb to be smart, maybe. Too smart to be smart? I don't know. You don't have the education to get my comment. I will add that right now. Um, I don't think any if, uh, messages if you understood what he just said, because I don't think, I think you think you're smart and you think you can say that and no one's going to call you on it. <laughs> I don't look, even know what that means. All I know is that from a book, book smart perspective, I graduated from the Dean's List from a top university. I've got a scholarship to grad school and I'm the stupidest person I know in large part because I overthink things. Yeah. I didn't go to college and people are like, oh, it's so smart you didn't go to college. And it's like, yeah, I didn't go because I was too smart. Yeah. Do you know what the alternative to going to college was? It was living my adult life in Michigan. No friggin' thank you. You got to expand. You got to grow your world. And there are companies growing their, this, our world right now. Let's talk into it. Maddie, in our big reboot podcast, Matt made a great point about CRISPR being the future. And it was hard for us to get into it just because the share price was a little bit too high for us. Like it was around $50. Now it's mm -hmm. $90. Maybe we missed the boat, but maybe we didn't. I think there's still room for sure. Obviously, it would have. It it's always better to get in uh, when it's 50 as opposed to 90. But I think there's still room to go for sure. Um, and, and will you sum up to our listeners what CRISPR is? It's pretty interesting stuff if you're it, unfamiliar. It is interesting and it's a little funky because it's kind of when I say what it is, it sounds a little evil. It is a gene editing, uh, not software, but it's like a gene editing company. Um, where they are going in and they can like get down almost basically into your into the dna and they can like cut out where they can identify a thing and be like oh this could develop into uh some type some type of cancer or this might develop into some sort of disease and they can like cut that out and edit that out um it's it's a little bit uh dystopian a little bit uh i don't know if the word post-apocalyptic sort of thing but it's very much like blade runnery where they can eventually potentially 
CRISPR would allow you to choose the hair color of your kids. They would let you choose the eye color of your kids. They would let you choose. It's a very weird thing because there's some things you can do that are very suspect, but then there's also medical um, things that can be done to, to help. So there's a very weird, it's a very weird thing to be invested in. And uh, CRISPR, it is a favorite of the tech establishment. No company merges the fantasy of our Zuckerbergian overlords like CRISPR. And you can see that when you kind of like, when you look it up, when I look up like a lot of things, it'll just give me a kind of basis on it. But if I look up what Google, what is CRISPR used for? CRISPR is a technology that can be used to edit genes and as such will likely change the world. Seems like a little bit slanted of like reporting from a Google answer. Yeah, there was, I, I remember I bought, so I bought CRISPR for my own personal portfolio. I want to say maybe two years ago. And around that time after I had bought it, there was a big news story on um, last week tonight with John Oliver. If you can find it, watch the John Oliver where they talk about CRISPR. They do a huge episode on it. And that was one of the things that really made me consider what I had actually bought into. You know, I had kind of done a little bit of research on my own when I bought it, but then I watched this story they had done about a little, you know, some of the stuff I just mentioned. And it really makes you think it's a very interesting thing to be invested in because this has potential to change, change. I mean, the future, it's crazy. And if you want to watch that episode and if you don't have HBO, my password is base two eight ball. I won't tell you the email address. You got to figure out that on your own. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you that. Just message me and I'll get you that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Gabby's glaring at me. Are you upset someone's going to watch Veep on our account? I've been giving out my dad's Netflix account on my stand-up. No, don't give out your HBO. Don't give out your HBO. I need that. No, this is... We're giving away my HBO. I'll, ch I'll change it. If anyone logs in, I'll take it Oh, don't them you worry. I'm changing But hey. If no, you well, do, make sure if you, you send that over. On, hey, if you're taking my account, I love my fiance, Gabby, so much, but we have drastically different tastes in television. So if someone wants to watch Six Feet Under and text me about it, that'd be great. You, you, Gabby won't watch it with you? Mm, we just like different, different forms of it. Yeah, yeah that's fine. I don't know. I've never seen that movie or that show. I, I know it's very popular. It's got like eight seasons. Yeah, it's got six. It's got Sia's biggest impact of all time. And it's okay. But back to the point, um, the, even the headlines for CRISPR are just taken out of science fiction. I gave him a cursory like Google News today. And first headline was, researchers give mice super calorie burning fat cells using CRISPR. And... You know, a lot of the next headline was a CRISPR produces a squid as clear as glass. And I couldn't be more supportive. I, I like companies that solve a problem. And I'm out here saying these mice are too fat. These squid aren't translucent enough. <laughs> yeah, I need a squid that I can read a book through. Yeah. Um, it, it, imagine having a squid that's also a monocle. If you're a billionaire like and you're not accessorizing like that you're missing out i mean i honestly this whole thing could be just to make a squid as clear as glass yeah mission accomplished we can shut it down we've done all we can do your company has the same business model as a zen cone this is pretty weird i um 
I mean, if you ex- like the the whole idea of CRISPR though could be a science fiction horror movie where you go into like the CRISPR headquarters and there's like a bunch of passcodes and you get through and then all of a sudden you're like faced with like a bunch of just abominations that have been created. You remember when they were cloning like sheep and the sheep would come out all fucked up? Yeah, and CRISPR's up three. They've they've tripled their market cap in the past three months, with it, which is a little suspicious to me. It's like. What are the super rich doing to modify their genes as we wait in quarantine? I mean, you know, look at the look at cosmetics and plastic surgery is already a billion dollar industry. This is just that turned up a whole other level. Um, And obviously, and people I think we talked about this on another episode, but I believe again, I can't remember who it was, but there was somebody that like used CRISPR or used something like CRISPR on their child. Their child was being born before their child was being born. They used something. I want to say it was like Alyssa Milano or something. I don't know if it was her, but something like that. They used it to uh, to pick the gender of their child or something. That's the, This stuff is not that far away, and it's even closer for the rich people. Yeah, but that's just some PC reporting because they've just picked gender as a construct. Right. They just checked a question mark on a box, and they were like, you're done. It's um, a beautiful thing. And like there is some CRISPR legit treatments. There's some for genetic eye disorders mm-hmm. and... Again, they found this study by, by zooming in on a cave fish. These guys are way into the deep. Is, is Jacques Cousteau starting a fintech company? I don't know. That's what James Cameron was looking for in the Marianas Trench. You know, he's looking for clear squid. <laughs> Avatar is a great movie. Um, I've never and, seen but- that movie. Oh man, it, people, I refuse. It somehow turned into a punchline, but the in theater experience of seeing Avatar was great. And somehow I live in Brooklyn, and seeing Avatar is like the go to thing for being lame as fuck. Yeah, I refuse. Unobtainium? No. There's a, a few funny things, but like I felt a legit sense of wonder and joy that has been unmatched by many forms of media. <laughs> m- m- I'm going to watch it. Starring Jenny Slate. So I mean, I'm going to Avatar <laughs> all day. <laughs> I just love watch Inception like uh, the rest of us. Yeah, it's a better movie than Inception. But there are some companies <laughs> that you can still use to get in on a little bit of CRISPR right now. There is NTLA, Intella Therapeutics, and there is Edit. And those, like, they're using, these are the people bringing CRISPR technologies to the forefront. And Edit is nowhere near its 52 week high. And NTLA, NKL, NTLA, I'm sorry, I'm having a stroke on the air here. <laughs> they are nowhere weak. They're near their 52-week high either. So, I mean, we've seen CRISPR take off, but I haven't seen that success extend to the companies actually utilizing this technology. And it's just another instance of the brand being valued over the, what the commodity is. And that's a, that's exactly that sums up a lot of the last couple years of the market. It feels like is it's a lot of not hype, but like you said, the brand is bigger than the actual thing. Yeah, and we we're talking about brands that are that are gonna they just skyrocket in value. There's no bigger IPO this year than Airbnb. And I don't know how you feel. We talk about we manage the money together, but I think we should probably look. Our portfolio is our play money. Yes, it will be a million dollars. Yes, we'll get it there and it will eventually ruin our lives. But Airbnb, it seems like it is pretty 
proprietary and the public debut, even though it's in the middle of a pandemic is kind of enticing. What makes you say that? Because I am not at all convinced that Airbnb is a good play. I, I, I have not had a lot. I've had a lot of bad experiences with Airbnb. I think Airbnb is, I, I don't know. I'm very interested to hear you. I mean, I'm open to it. I just am curious to hear why you think this. Well, I, I, I see a company that took a bold move of slashing, slashing their valuation. It was $31 billion, Now it's $18 billion, And like, it doesn't reflect the irrational investing. But as, the, as travel changes, there are pockets of resilient. And at, oh, in the past quarter, the most resilient part of the travel sector has been alternative accommodations. And like when, while social distancing and border restrictions have taken a toll on like big events, conferences, conventions, Airbnb, they have, they have inventory in 190 co- countries and people are using them as short-term rental space for all sorts of uses. And we talk about how like our lives are changed by coronavirus. What's a vacation now, Matt? Are you going to go to Rome and walk the streets of Italy? Or when you get a, go on a vacation, are you going to look, get a farmhouse, go there with a girl? Yeah, I mean, when you put it that way, I do. I could agree with that for sure. Vacations are just, at this point, vacations are just quarantining in a different room, uh, that you, you know, a couple miles away from where you are. I could agree with that. Exactly. And I think it's kind of silly to think that our long-term behaviors won't be marked and changed by the events of this year. And like, we've all had bad experiences within Airbnb, but like the concentration of people in a hotel is equally problematic. And we, we kind of live in a world where our whole lives are an extension of the gig economy and our homes should be no different. My mom has ran a boarding house my entire life. And I think that same, it was a little bit embarrassing growing up, but that same ethos has been normalized by my hip urban Brooklyn life for the past 10 years. I, we're surrounded, living in New York, we're surrounded by that. People Uber and Lyft and uh, Airbnbs. And we talk about, um, I can't remember what it's called now, the, the office rental thing. Uh, that's just, we're, we're built, we're in a city built around gig economy, basically. Yeah, and consumption habits, they follow the urban cool centers. New York, Los Angeles, Chicago, Austin, Miami, a couple world-class culture cities. We, Airbnb has been a very ubiquitous thing for young people in those cities. And that same charm that we all had when Airbnb first hit the market is going to be experienced by a less sophisticated stick consumer over the course of our country. And I, yeah, I do think it's interesting that uh, New York and LA and the cities you listed are very obviously metropolitan, very big. Um, Just by having an Airbnb here, just by being in the city is, I mean, it could, you know, people are Airbnb, Airbnb these small, small spaces and people are happy to have them. Yeah. I, I, A lot of this was informed by a conversation with an intelligent friend of mine, and it was additionally reinforced by a Forbes article written by Jennifer Lee Parker. Um, It's weird to see Jennifer Lee, and it's not Jennifer Jason Lee, but she had this to say. 
in, in this year, alternative accommodations becomes a mainstream investable equity and a way of life. Travel is no longer just about tourism. It's about working remotely, economic mobility, celebrating life events, intimacy, safety, and privacy. So like, if there's That's pretty any, spot on. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I gotta like their their outlook moving forward and you're watching the the huge hotel chains who are truly bent over a barrel by this they are scrambling to sort of replicate airbnb's inventory right and there is something that's cool like when i was in austin um and back in february uh i stayed in a really unique space it was a very unique spot it was in a good good location it was a very unique room um it's just nice to instead of staying in a hotel and there obviously are, there are nice hotels, but to stay in such a cool space, there's something to be said about that. And not just a cool hotel room, but like a cool uh, Airbnbs, like they tend to, to create experiences, which I think are unique and well worth it in some cases. Uh, I guess I've had some bad experiences and like you said, I guess we all have, but um, yeah, I've, I've, you, I've, I've, what's your worst Airbnb experience? So when I did the Limestone Comedy Festival, it was me, Sam Evans, Caitlin Palufo, um, and Pedro uh, Gonzalez. And we got an Airbnb and then we, we stayed the night. And then the next day, everyone else showed up and Pedro went to go to his room and he said, I found a bed bug. And we called the guy that owned the Airbnb and we were like, hey, we found a bed bug. And he was like, no, you didn't. You, there's no way. And we all looked at it and I was like, I don't think it is. I don't know. And he goes, ah, the guy goes, ah, I'll come by and take a look. I guess, I don't know. I guess I'll take a look. He was annoyed. He was annoyed. And as soon as he showed up, he goes, oh my God, I've never seen one of those before in my life. And we go, yeah, it's a goddamn bed bug. He was like, we're from New York. We know what they look like. That's a bed bug. And he goes, that's just the craziest thing. So then we call Airbnb. They lock us out of our accounts so we can't find another Airbnb. because they don't. All of us, uh, everybody that was on the reservation, they locked us out of the uh, the app because they didn't want us to go to another place and spread the uh, spread the bed bugs. And then they just told us to go find a hotel room, and then they would compensate us for part of a hotel room, which I never got any of that. That never happened. Um, I just thought that was really fucked up that they were just like, "Well, you can't use our services. Go fuck with, go to another hotel and figure it out." Yeah, my. <laughs> Worst experience with Airbnb was also finding a bed bug. Yeah. So maybe See, that's just, it's the price you pay. You get life experiences. Where else in the world can you find a bed bug? It was a nice Airbnb shower. It was, it was a nice Airbnb and the guy was such an asshole. And, and we didn't leave him a bad review because it's like, we're not going to, you know, take We're not trying to take this guy down. But the way that Airbnb itself handled it, I, I won't ever use Airbnb again. I'm, I'm, I'm over it. I'll go to a, I'll fucking stay. I'll sleep in a car, not even my car. I'll get an Uber and have him circle the block all night while I sleep in the back. I'm not, I'm not going to get an Airbnb. That is luxury right there. Hey, you, you can't see your family for eight hours. I need, I need a nap. Yeah. <laughs> I need you to drive me around. Circle the park uh, and, 32 times. Again. Oh, and there, there are three giant IPOs in the, in the rest of 2020. Airbnb, I understand why they're going public. The other ones, I don't really get it. First one I see is Ant Financial. 
I almost, I'm glad you include this in the, the outline because when I was doing research for this episode, I was going to bring this up, but you already had it in there. Yeah, I mean, Ant Financial, they are a subsidiary of Alibaba and one of the most successful Chinese businessmen, Jack Ma, proponent of the 72-hour work week. What is up, yeah. Jack? Yeah. Uh, isn't Alibaba like Chinese Amazon? They are Chinese Amazon. That's where I buy my uh, knockoff NFL jerseys. I got my Lions Colin Kaepernick jersey from them. <laughs> so they are all about copyright fraud. And, you know, it's weird. This is not going to be listed on American exchanges, but U.S. banks are all over this bad boy. What well, goes back to kind of what we talked about before when you're investing in like these Chinese companies and things like that, or it's like a lot of it is, it's like backed by the government. They're not going to let them fail unless they want them to fail. This guy is set up to succeed uh, already. Yeah. And it's like, why is this a separate company from Alibaba? Right. It doesn't seem like they're doing anything too different from what I can see. Yeah. It just kind of looks like it's the in-house financial arm of a huge successful company right and like they build themselves as a mashup between stripe paypal apple pay venmo fico and any other fintech company is like what do they do right it just seems like a uh a, it seems like a way to move money around uh legally it yeah just, it seems like it's large-scale international money laundering <laughs> yeah and we saw aramco go public a few months back when they raised 25.6 billion in their ipo and this i just see kind of like you you go public when you need you need to raise money for your stock right or your company and <laughs> This just seems like every global economic power player has gathered together to make a shitload of money off this thing going public. So we got to get in on it. This thing is absolutely too big to fail. Right. Absolutely. It's like, uh, what is it? Like Neo. There's a, that's like a Neo is like a car company in China. They make electric cars and I bought We're in on, on that. It. Yeah, yeah, we yeah, got absolutely. in early. That's the one time I was right about something. Yeah, yeah. So it's like getting it's like buying in on them. They're not going to do. They're going to do very well, and this is going to do probably very well, uh, at least until something happens where they're like something's fucked up here, and something could you know it could collapse at some point. But it's uh, going to be doing. I think it's going to do well for a while. Yeah, I mean, is that how we ride this out? Do we bet on every Chinese company and just? get rich as America crumbles because we are in the fall of Rome. So we might as well just enjoy it. Well, that's one of the reasons I want to do this podcast is because, again, we've talked about this a few times before, but it's like this situation where, you know, we live in one of the most capitalist cities in the world. And it's like, there's people making tons of money sur just surrounding us making tons of money uh, in evil ways. And it's like, I'm going to get my peace. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of being fucked around. I'm getting my peace. Uh, and is you know, it's like CRISPR a little bit. Is CRISPR gonna eventually down the line? Is it gonna be the downfall of our world? I mean, maybe, but hopefully I'll be dead by then and I will have made a little bit of money and I will have died in a nicer bed than I'm gonna probably die in. <laughs> Making money is inherently evil. My sure. day job as a production designer, you know, I'm pouring out clean drinking water that we haven't used in props. <laughs> I'm throw we throw away hundreds of pounds of usable food every day. My friends who work 
TaskRabbit, the lowest rung of employment on the gig ladder. They are doing price gouging that you would ha- usually need an MBA to learn. <laughs> so we're all evil. We're all mini corporations. We're, we're doing these same things. And of course, price gouging, figure out a way to hustle, scrape together every cent you can. It's the same things we're seeing by these titanic companies like headed by Jack Ma. It's crazy. Right. And we, you can't afford not to get in on this. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's going to happen whether we, whether we, we, you and I cannot stop it. So we're, I'm, I'm going to take a piece while I can. Yeah. How, how would we even go about stopping it? Well, how do you stop the Chinese government? You can't, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's just basically an internal way of them structuring their finance and it'll be interesting to see. And like, it's not the most evil IPO hitting the, hitting the market this year. What's the most, what's the worst one? Do you know Palantir? I don't. Well, Palantir was funded in part by InQtel, the investment arm of the CIA. The com- and this company built their software technology, Gotham, with an eye towards using it inside the CIA. Palantir, um, they say they help organizations make sense of vast amounts of data. They gather information from various sources like internet traffic. Huh? and cell phone records wait a minute and they analyze that information to put those disparate pieces together they're tracking us these are the people tracking us uh, oh you, you guys are listening cool come on in no you, you can watch me do some push-ups i'll get the sorry that they're here right now um <laughs> yeah so, yes well they, you know it, they did capture osama bin laden their technologies can help track the spread of coronavirus, but this company is deeply wedded to its work inside the government. They are vital to the operations of ICE, who've protested their operations, but they have not backed off. Can you believe, uh, with names like Palantir, InQtel, and Gotham, can you believe that's an evil company? I mean, it blows me away. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, the company is relocating to Denver. I'm sure they'll have a beautiful new headquarters right beneath the airport. Next to that horse with the red eyes. Yeah, and they're already saying like, we were founded in Silicon Valley, but we don't really share their values. (laughs) And like, they think, they're saying that Silicon Valley is too, uh, you know, subversive and spying. And it's like, we have software projects that protect our nation's defense and intelligence agency. We keep us safe. And, and it's, we don't build ourselves on advertising dollars. And like, man, that's some very scary corporate speak right there. 100%. That's very, it's meant to be misleading. Uh, they're going to either have their headquarters under an airport or in the side of a mountain where it's always lightning and rainy. Yeah. And, um, the company has won so many federal co- contracts, like $2.9 billion worth. They've sued the army over <laughs> like proprietary information and have like, they've sued the army to get defense contracts away from them. So this is a concentration of global power. Right. And it's um, the kind of thing where we're, we talked a little bit about this a minute ago, actually, but the, like, 
security is a is becoming a a prominent thing in people's concern you know pe- people are becoming very concerned with uh their data and what their data is being used for and people are becoming within this last year i feel like are being more cognizant of of apps taking their data and things like that and this company is aware of that and so they're like oh well we're gonna come in and snatch it up while we can snatch it up okay so here here's what they did you can tell they're evil by their worst thing look Listen to this milk toast ask as description of their biggest controversy, which was Project Maven. That another evil sounding thing. Yes, it 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 was a collaboration between like twenty U.S. companies. Palantir was at the forefront of it, and um, it often deploys specialists called forward deploy engineers who spend weeks, months, or years customizing it and expanding software for the task at hand. What? For the task at hand, you know, yeah, like they, a henchman. Yeah, they do the task at hand. A henchman is exactly right. These business operations have the same MO as a Dick Tracy villain. <laughs> yeah, uh, on their uh, LinkedIn, they're going to be listed as henchman one, two, and three. <laughs> so basically what they do, they're big. They've kind of been the money behind the drone development they've the they've created deep neural networks that recognize objects and images in short they do a lot of fucked up shit and again they're too evil for us not to get behind them yeah exactly i mean what side of the coin do you want to be on the one that lands face up or face down oh boy man i I really got into the weeds on this one today We're getting, yeah i mean this is a very conspiracy theory episode we don't normally get this deep but and i didn't i didn't mean to dude like this came from a cursory google of course our new producer friend has been in my ear spouting his insane things all the time love <laughs> you baby maybe that has colored my ideas and um okay there are some like non-evil things that could be good for us. And I think there's a nice bit of a timing for us to make a little coin by getting into the long sought after MJ ETF. The Michael Jordan ETF. Yeah, you get a bit of his cologne, you get a bit of a Jumpman shoes, you get a little bit of McDonald's. It's every company <laughs> Michael Jordan <laughs> endorses in a single ETF. Yeah. If, you're, if your dad dies, your portfolio rises. <laughs> uh, we're going to get some Charlotte Hornets gear. It'll be great. Oh, man. It, it'll be like we're seven years old. Like I remember I, I've, I, I, I went back to the dentist this week. I partially sold the dent, the DraftKings stock because I was nervous about going to the dentist. I stopped going to the dentist at seven years old. I was wearing a Charlotte Hornets jumpsuit. And he's like, oh, you must like the color teal. And I was like, no, bitch. I like Alonzo Mourning. What's yeah. wrong with you? Yeah. <laughs> what, what a strange thing to say to a little boy. Do you like, is your favorite color teal? I'm like, no. Nah, I like the Charlotte Hornets. No, like, I don't like it. Even as a seven-year-old, I was a hipster-ass basketball fan. But you know what's crazy is I had that. I, I'm a diehard Pacers fan. I always was my whole life. I had a Charlotte Hornets starter jacket. I had that jacket. Well, a lot of, they, a lot of people were scenesters about it. That, that's been my problem my whole life. You know, a lot, some things are cool, but I like them for the uncool reasons. Right. Like, those, there was cool gear because it was teal, but 
I didn't like it because it was a steal. I liked it because it was a basketball team. Right, right. I had a, uh, a, a Charlotte Hornets starter jacket, and I had a Mighty Ducks starter jacket. God, my head hurts so fucking bad. Mm. Still. Still. He apologized. We had a nice talk. Yeah, it's okay. Um, okay, what were we going to talk about? But yeah, with with... I think the U.S. White House starting to flip to Joe Biden. I think that now could be a very good time to get into the MJ ETF. I would never advise anyone to buy an individual weed stock, but buying MJ right now could eventually be the equivalent of buying alcohol during prohibition. So, we said the same thing about DraftKings. Exactly. I mean, if we're adherents to the buy and hold philosophy, the best way to increase our, like we make more money by taking on risk, you know? Right. So we're, we're going to go and we're going to be profitable by assuming certain things will change in the world. Right. Of course. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that is a, that's a kind of a cornerstone of our, of our portfolio. You have DraftKings. If we get this MJ stock, if you have the, the CRISPR stock, uh, the AMD stock that I own, I, I, you know, that's what kind of investing is. I think there's investing in the future and I think that's what we're doing. Yeah. And I, I think you just have, if you're going to throw down on individual stocks and again, do it as play money while letting a robot manage your real money. That's the way to do it. But, um, I think you got to look at the changes that are going to happen in human behavior. Like we're going to be more liberal with what's allowed to be consumed. So gambling, weed, that's all on the table. I think anything like that it goes with the more green technologies or veganism, also a great bet. So right. people are trying to live longer. I don't know why, but they uh, are. Tell me about it. People are afraid. People are people are afraid of dying. I'm being afraid. I'm afraid of the, being the first person to live forever. Yeah, I am trying to live longer, but only because the four Avatar sequels were delayed. So I just want to make sure I'm here for all of them. <laughs> Yo, you're gonna have to live until you're uh, until like 2050. You think you can do that? Yeah, I, I think I can live to 20. I can live till 2050, standing on my freaking head. Yeah, <laughs> uh, it doesn't sound like it. You're over there talking about how much it hurts. I wouldn't stand on it. Yeah, well, I was assaulted, Matthew. I was assaulted <laughs> on a basketball court. Yeah. I'm the biggest, well, baddest you know. guy, and someone pushed me to the ground, and I hit my head so fucking bad. Ugh, God. On uh, the back of your head, too. That's the worst. That's the, scent, the tender spot. Terrible. Yeah. Terrible. I, my, my, my eggs are friggin' scrambled, and, you know, it is what it is. Uh, uh, what else do we got? Okay, so... It, it's kind of weird, like when we see big in like sector wide commitments to certain ambitions, it's there's a lot of pomp and circumstances when those endeavors are undertaken. And a lot of a lot of times when those are abandoned, it happens pretty quietly, you know, and we saw that with the pandemic, like the self-driving car is no longer a movement that is being bandied about by big tech money. Like a lot of companies, they went and they pivoted to make their autonomous driving vehicles like kind of charitable delivery forces, which right. is great. I'm down for it. But self-driving does have the ability to change our worlds. And I think we're actually going to see self-driving boats be the ones that make an impact. What boats? Why boats? 
Well, think about it. it. Our oceans, even like inland waterways, they're an underutilized asset. And like with robot sh ships, we could have cleaner and more efficient shipping channels. And also like these, this kind of technology, it is designed to get through an open space. So right. I think like, you know, you send a crew, a boat across the Atlantic with no crew, no one risks their lives. You don't have to put toilets on the boat, which is like somehow the most expensive piece of equipment on a ship. Come on, no, come on. You can't do this. You can't do this. I'll tell you why. I got one word for you. Pirates. Why? Pirates. Yeah. But if there's no one there, how are they going to get aboard? They can't <laughs> threaten anyone's life. Pirates, they, they put the knife to someone's throat and that's how they get their leverage. No, they, they, just, uh, they just put a board on, from one boat to the other. There's no one to knock the board off. They're just going to walk right across and, uh, you know, bang their hands on the keyboard and they're going to hijack a whole boat. I don't know. You think they couldn't put a security camera or if no one's on there, someone climbs aboard the boat, boom, security. <laughs> no, uh, I don't think they can uh, stop people. They're, where are they going to put a security camera on the boat and then watch the pirates come aboard? Yeah, you, you will be able to work. Imagine being a ship captain who works remotely. Is there anything more baller than that? <laughs> like uh, someone just goes on your Zoom calls like, hey, can you hear me? Turn your mic on. Can you hear me now? Yeah, yeah, your mic's on? I am the captain now. Look, look, at, at, me. look at me. Look, look at me. into my eyes. I'm the captain now. What? Yeah, I don't. Sketch. I do. Agree, I do see what you're saying, and I do think it's a. It's possible, and it's a potential, and all that. But I don't think it's like the whole autonomous driving car thing. I do think that's a good thing. I think that's going to be huge. But also, people are going to want to drive. People are going to want to drive forever. Driving is a thing that I enjoy myself. I don't own a car, but I do like driving when I get the opportunity. I don't think. No matter how popular autonomous vehicles become, I don't think you'll ever take that away. So, um, I'm not. I'm not saying cars. Like I think the ship has sailed on cars, pun intended. But I think for international freight shipping, like a lot of these freighters have very few people on them anyway. Right. So I think it actually the it just seems to make logical sense to me. And like you talk the they talk about a toilet. You can't dump a toilet out in New York Harbor. You got to pay someone to take your literal shit. That's a huge cost affection. And like if, if, if boating gets a little bit cheaper, it becomes cost competitive with trucking. Right. That's, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, that is a good point. Uh, I, don't, I don't think people realize how much of our, of the United States, trucking is literally the backbone of it. Driving things around and transporting big things around from across coast to coast is such a huge thing. And shipping uh in trailers and things like that is still a huge part of it yeah, it's, are there waterways in the, the backbone of this country is an industry that will destroy the workers backbones it's ironic you know and the backbones of all the prostitutes you know <laughs> that's right you can get any vice you want at a truck stop it's true you want a knife we got one you need a bigger knife we got you yeah you want a massage sure we have that for some reason yeah have a shower have a nap let's the truck stop is the ultimate bachelor pad. Uh, I mean, I have spent, you and I being comedians and, and traveling when we had the opportunity have probably spent more time in truck stops than your average person for sure. Yeah. And I, I was younger. My hobby used to be hitchhiking. So 
yeah, I would just course. go hitchhike places. I was in truck stops constantly. Did you ever ride with a trucker? Uh, no, truckers never picked, picked me up. It was all like other youngish people who wanted the story. Right, of course. Um, but my best, my best hitchhiking story is I was picked up by an old guy and we went and we saw Cars 2 together while splitting a handle of whiskey. Did you, uh, you just sat, did you see it at the theater or was it a drive-in? Yeah, no, we, we went to a movie together. I was hitchhiking to go see Cars 2. And he was like, I'm also going. Or did you put the idea in his head? No, I, I'm a big proponent of Lightning McQueen. His um, journey informed my own. So I was very excited to see Cars 2. I was ultimately disappointed, but, you know, I got that story out of it. Yeah, you know, it's good. You made a friend. And I feel, I feel good about these self-driving boats because they're funded by a company that doesn't want it to sound like they're funding it, right? Okay. Not to get all conspiracy theory, but they're funded by International Business Machines Corporation. You know what that is, Matt? Uh, what is that? IBM. <laughs> oh. They got their hands all over this little cookie jar. All right, then. IBM never would have guessed that. Why isn't... I don't think there's a way for us to make money off this. I just thought it was interesting. No, it is interesting. Isn't IBM, aren't they the ones that have Watson, that super smart computer? Yeah. That's you, Captain Watson now. <laughs> Captain Watson. That's the next. I bet Tom Hanks would do that movie. Uh, yeah, absolutely. 100%. Any movie about a boat, he's there. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Tom Hanks, this is actually off topic. This isn't actually on the... Uh, on our outline, but speaking of Tom Hanks and Castaway, Castaway, FedEx, FedEx, I think is a good play. Uh, everyone should look at it because they're up pretty high. If you look at how much they've gone up in the last couple of um, months. And unfortunately we, I support the USPS, but I think with the USPS struggles, I think FedEx and uh, I haven't looked at UPS itself, but I think that with the, tr the struggles the U.S. Postal Service has been having, FedEx might be worth looking into because I think they have a lot of room to go. And I think they have been given the state of everything. I think it's, it's a good move. So again, uh, a little off topic, but you brought up Tom Hanks and it made me think of that. So. Yeah, I think so. I think FedEx is always a good play. Um, again, I support them because they didn't apologize to the cops for the cops shooting one of their drivers. I thought that was one of the most ghoulish stories of all time. And yeah, out. And there's an arrow in their logo. That's pretty cool, huh? It's a cool, it's a very cool design. Yeah. Um, the Fed is not going anywhere. They are gonna keep inflation targeting, even though it's maybe outlived its youthfulness. Okay, and now let's go to the map portion of the outline. Uh, what's this? The, uh, oh yeah. The, in the, 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 uh, the fed where are we? I'm lost in the outline right now. Hey, we're, we're, we're doing it. We're, I'll, I'll clue in the listeners. Here's the thing. I'm doing the big picture stories. Maddie's doing the news stories. That's the division of labor here. We're streamlining operations here. Yeah. We're trying to be more efficient. Uh, we're trying to create a better product for you, the viewer or the listener as it were. Um, I can't find my shit on here though. What is the it? Dow the Dow Jones Industrial oh, yes. Average shake up. Oh yeah, yeah. Monday Exxon. Like, cause you, I think you sent me something about this earlier, didn't you? Exxon got kicked out. Oh, they did. Uh, who, the, who man? Who manages the S and P five hundred? A seal covered in crude oil. 
<laughs> S&P Dow Jones, uh, they indicated that they're uh, kicking out ExxonMobil, Raytheon, and Pfizer out of benchmark indexes. Uh, they're, gonna, they're being replaced by Salesforce, uh, Amgen, and Honeywell. Honeywell, uh, the security system thing. Um, they're going to take effect August 31st. So this is coming out tomorrow, which is August 31st. So as of tomorrow, when you're hearing this, Pfizer, Raytheon, and Exxon are now out of the S&P Dow Jones. Um, yeah, and a lot of this, it, this was a big week for stock splits. So that was very much influenced by the Tesla split and an Apple split. And they just don't comprise as much of the Dow as they used to. Right. And with, and given, you know, the state of things and tech stocks being what they are, tech stocks have, have they, you know, tech stocks come, uh, they comprise 12% of the Dow, which doesn't sound like a lot, but given, you know, that's a lot for one industry. Um, so I just thought that was interesting because Exxon at one point was like the Apple, Apple just became the trillion, they became a trillion dollar company. Exxon at one point was the Apple. They weren't like a trillion dollar company, but they were of that level where people looked at them like um, that's what people shot for sort of thing. So uh, I, uh, I just thought that was an interesting news story. And the craziest uh, thing to me is in this whole news story is the spelling of the word plural for index. Truly wild. Indices. Indices. Yes. Dow Jones indices uh, said in a press release. Ah, I like that. Yeah, I never, I didn't even notice that. Those Man, those must, in- that must be so much worse than an actual breakup. The Dow Jones dumping you. Uh, it's not a good thing. I will say that for sure. But they've, they've dumped some big, like you have it in the notes. They've dumped bank of America before mm-hmm. they've dumped Hewlett Packer before Yep. and Exxon, like they're the index's longest serving company. Right. Uh, and it's crazy too, because then you, not only are they, they're dumb, they're like kicking people out, but when they kick people out, they bring people in. So like you just said, Bank of America, Hewlett Packard, Alcoa, uh, Goldman Sachs, Nike, and Visa were then brought in after those, those previous ones I listed were cut out. So well, this, not only. Is this the S and P 500? This would be the, 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 uh, this would be the Dow. Okay. Uh, no. Yeah. This is the S and P 500. Yeah. Yeah, so then it's like there is a hard cap. Like it is actually 500 companies. Right. Do you think stuff like ExxonMobil, which was the biggest company in as recently as 2011, would have a little bit of a historical prevalence? But is this like um, the influence of impact funds? Is this virtue signaling from like the perspective of financial institutions? What is what are the ramifications of Exxon being kicked off? I think it's a combination of a lot of things. I think it also has to do a lot with with environmental concerns. Uh, I would like to think that's the part of it, at least. You know, holy shit, we cleaner, know what it is. Cleaner oh my energy. God, what is it? They're just going to add Tesla to this shit, and they needed to kick off Exxon. I bet they made noise behind the scenes. Tesla would not be on the same index as Exxon Mobil because. They're the future. Exxon's the past. Um, yeah, I don't disagree with that. That's a conspiracy theory. I'm pulling out of my ass, but I I feel like that's a good one, right? Yeah, that's like rooted. That could be rooted in somewhat truth, and it's not too far. It's not hard to believe, you know. Tesla is for sure the future, and oil and all that stuff uh, is not. I don't think, in my no, opinion, unless it's avocado oil. 
delicious. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Olive oils. I love those oils. You know, put those on a seagull. I'll eat it. <laughs> <laughs> Man, it's going to be so weird when that's the sentence that gets us a sponsorship for the podcast. <laughs> but yeah, if anyone here like- at Avocado <laughs> Oil International are some real creeps. <laughs> yeah, put it on a seal. Matt will eat it. Um, when you want to talk about, uh, the, the, I'm not on it, but TikTok. you want to talk about TikTok? I'm not on it. I'll never be on it. Um, yeah. it's basically China's version of Palantir. Yeah. I was going to say that. Exactly. It's exactly it. It's China's version. It's Jack Ma's version of, uh, Palantir or operation, uh, Gotham or whatever that fuck it was called. Operation um, Gotham, Maven patrol, uh, police unit spyware, whatever. Yeah, the CIA's back door, your mother's belly button, whatever. Um, <laughs> but uh, so there's this whole thing about TikTok and all these people are on TikTok concerned it's going to go away. Well, Walmart uh, is in talks to buy it. And originally they were to try and be the majority holder, but Microsoft had already approached first. And so I believe Walmart and Microsoft are in talks to buy it, um, which Walmart, I mean, just the news to this, Walmart stock shot up 7% in the last two days, just off of a rumor they might buy TikTok. So. Yeah, and uh, tip TikTok, you know, I think they're gonna have the kind of long-term value that I originally anticipated from Snapchat, so. Yeah, I mean, you can buy some if you want. Um, I personally wouldn't just because, like, I don't believe in it and it could go down as quickly as it was created. But I imagine what? they'll find a way to monetize the shit out of it. Well, so that was brings me to the next point, though, is people, you know, you hear Walmart's looking at buying uh, TikTok and why would they do that? Um, they are doing it because they're, they're trying to harness, like, the – the, the reach and the rapidly going it's a it's a huge social media platform so what they're trying to do is build links with advertisers and third-party sellers um that's a very valuable thing to them uh and exposing you know young customers gen z they're trying to like capitalize on these gen z kids that are on tiktok that are going to be a in the near future are going to be buying their own stuff and they're going to be buying things and they're trying to get in early and uh and take advantage of that um I'll put it to you this way. TikTok is reportedly going to sell for between 20 to 30 billion. Those are quoted prices, 20, between 20 to 30. So that should tell you exactly how much of an asset uh, that this is going to be to, to potentially Walmart and to Microsoft. Wow, that is huge. What's, I, hold on one second. So Facebook's market cap is... Okay, eight hundred and thirty-six billion. So from that perspective, yeah, twenty to thirty billion is a friggin' bargain. Right, and I mean Walmart has so much goddamn money. Uh, they are gonna do so much with. Um, I, I I don't know. I mean, I, it's obviously big picture stuff, and I don't fully understand it. But I get what they're trying to do. Uh, it's such a big. Um, marketplace basically you know people sell stuff on Instagram look at it this way people sell things on Instagram you can buy things off Instagram you can link things on Instagram to buy them if Walmart does that and they make it uh, they use that 
to like get in with younger and younger people buying things and they can really infiltrate and people are already buying stuff online like crazy. It's almost like if, like imagine if Amazon owned TikTok, that sort of thing. I feel like that's what Walmart sees is, is their ability to really capitalize on what's already out there. Yeah. It'll add value to both brands. And like, honestly, it's better spend money than everything else. Walmart does. They're behind every law that protects police brutality that is their MO as a family, as a corporation. So spying on us by the Chinese seems positively progressive by comparison. Yeah, absolutely. The Waltons, you know, fuck them. <laughs> Except for Bill and Luke. They're the cool ones, man. Are they cool because they're dead? Aren't they dead? Aren't they dead? Just, there's also a basketball family of Waltons that take oh, a lot yeah. of asses. Oh, right. So. That's true. Bill Walton. Yeah, I forgot about him. Yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. the secret Walton yeah uh cool all right well that's it i think yeah we've got one more thing in the out in the outline and it's uh people have been buying a lot of things online yeah it kind of goes in with what we were talking about a little bit about tiktok and that whole thing is um this is no surprise to anybody but through quarantine people are ordering more and ordering more off amazon ordering more off websites i mean nobody's buying things in person uh anymore i need i'm a little nervous because i need to get some new jeans and some new stuff like some new i'd like to get some new clothes i have I no get, pants i i've yeah. been wearing a swimsuit for four days i i did notice that they look cool they uh, look cool but i do need to get some new jeans and some new shit and it's like i don't like to order pants off the internet i don't like it i want to put them on let's go to the ralph lauren outlet let's get some khakis we're doing it I like that. Let's See, I'm do going it. to I'm going to business school starting Tuesday, so I'm all about blue, Oxford rugby rugby shirts, khakis, and then Jordans. That's my new look. I like that. That's good. You can you know you're going to be a trendsetter in the financial world. I can feel it. Yeah, if they have, just put me in, coach. Put me put my big likable oafish Midwestern ass in front of your investors. Let me just charm them. I'm not going to ever understand the market, I, but I can fall upward and be mildly likable. Do you think when you have to work from home in a couple of years, uh, are you going to wear a Patagonia vest while you sit at your desk? Do you think that all the finance bros that are working from home are wearing their Patagonias while they sit at their desk? No, I'm going to Not be, yet. It's too hot. It's too, too hot yet. I'm going to be hired on the basis that I was the first person to earn two master's degrees while shirtless. Oh, that's nice. You can put that on. Uh, yeah. How are they going to gonna find a way to frame that so you can hang it above your desk? That's right. But it could be construed as harassment. It'll just be that sentence. First man to get two graduate degrees shirtless. Love it. Well, I think that's another episode down. Cool. Um, I got shit to plug this week. I've got a new big ass project that is kind of my job now. It's called Walk On. It's me doing sports and gambling stuff with a little bit of variety. You might see some of our friends here on there from time to time, but it launches September 9th. I couldn't be more excited. It's, it's going to be a soft launch, but I'll be doing it at least through the Super Bowl. Can't wait. Cool. Very excited to check that out. Can't wait to maybe be on it. Um, I don't have anything to plug currently. Um, no, no stand up New York dates? 
I got no dates. They booked those out like two days in advance. So I don't have anything right now. I'm sure I'll have stand-up New York shows this week. So if you are listening to this and you live in New York City, um, come out to one of the shows. Follow me on Instagram at Matt Back. It sucks because I post all the shows there. But come out to the stand-up New York shows in the park. Uh, they are a lot of fun. They are way better than they sound. Uh, it's one of those things where if you come out, you're going to be with good comedians and you're going to be with other comedy fans. Uh, which I think is a big thing. This has really weeded out a lot of a lot of people that are there. You know, nobody's coming to these shows unless they want to be there. So it's a good energy. It's a lot of fun. So check out my Instagram so you can see when those shows are coming out. Other than that, I don't really have uh, much to plug. All right, later, guys. I love you. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. <laughs>